We're grateful to Tenevos for sponsoring this season. And I've been reading this book, Little Pilgrim's Journey, and it's been a great hit with my whole family. We've been reading it in the evenings and my sons, who are six and seven, have then been requesting it over breakfast as well. They're loving the age-old tale of Pilgrim's Progress that's been brilliantly adapted for kids and beautifully illustrated. Each chapter ends with a couple of helpful questions that guide conversation into gospel things. And we're enjoying seeing how the story is full of Jesus and what it is to follow him. I'd highly recommend this set. Two books, beautiful and rich and very much worth your time. Grab your copies at tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah. I live in the UK. This is my sister Felicity. She lives in the States. And today we're jumping in to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. It's wonderful to be here. Felicity, what's in your cup as we open our Bibles? Oh, I'm just going for the classic uh, Yorkshire grey here. For any new listeners, this is my favourite. It's a mixture between Yorkshire tea and Earl Grey. Actually, a cup of tea that I can only have when someone else is in the house. I don't like to like you know, just waste two tea bags <laughs> on one cup. So I make my husband usually the other cup of Yorkshire tea and then, and then I have the Earl Grey and then you just add the Yorkshire tea tea bag into mine. It's kind Delightful. of like a dip and dipping in and out and like <laughs> create <out>. this uh, <laughs> delightful experience for me <laughs> with some milk with milk yes um no teapot just tea bags what are the details a very pretty mug actually i'm this is one of my favorites yeah good rim that one isn't it good rim nice and yeah. thin i like a good thin rim <laughs> yeah very good uh Felicity, um in our introduction last week we were talking about the value of getting this book ecclesiastes open with someone else why? Why is it so valuable to do that? And particularly with this book of the Bible? I, I think last week we were talking about how this book really does deal with the reality of life. And it presents quite a stark, quite a sobering kind of picture, which is very recognizable. And within that, then, there are challenges just to what we do with life, like what we do as we seek to live out this life that God has given us. And if we are hearing those words with someone else, I think there's more opportunity for the Lord to minister to us. He ministers to us through his word, but then Mm. also he will minister to you through that other person. And together, you are being pastored together through Mm. the word. And I think there is infinite value in that. You know, I don't always, when we're in this together, yeah, you and I in yeah. Ecclesiastes, yeah, we have had different views and been able to speak truth in different ways to one another. And that has just been helpful to my heart. And I think that is the huge value. Would you, would you add mm-hmm. anything to that? No, I think, yeah, spot on. It's life-giving, isn't it? And it just, I think you can you can kind of help to prod each other as well and to kind of just go a bit deeper um, on where it's applying um, in all of life because you're living life alongside one another. And I think that's just gold dust, isn't it, really, um, yeah. for letting the word go to work on our hearts. Well, let's get into it. Um, as we say at the beginning of each season, we choose to pray uh, before we press record. That's one of the decisions we make about how we spend our 20 minutes. Um, so we have prayed already, but We just want to kind of say that because we're very aware that we need God to open our minds to understand these scriptures by his Holy Spirit. We cannot read his word without depending on him to be at work. Um, So we have have prayed to that end. And I'm now going to read from the NIV. Um, I'm going to read chapter one, verses one to 11. The words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. 
meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Thank you, Sarah. What a beautiful start. Let me just say, poetry in action. (laughs) (laughs) But Sarah, before we actually get into, we want to dig into the text here, can you just help us? I think there are two or three things that we need to just get our heads around before we dive in. Can you help us understand the, the important things? Mm. Well, let's start with the person who's writing it, the person who's kind of the author of this book. And it says they're a teacher, they're a son of David and the king of Jerusalem. So this teacher, this preacher, this he's, he's obviously a leader, um, whether it's actually the king or just someone kind of modeling themselves on the king of Jerusalem. This is a believer writing to believers, um, exhorting them. Um, and so that's just helpful. I think that this is this is written to a believing community gathering round to hear this word. Um, and it's a wise preacher king. So already we've got these flavours of Jesus. Somehow, we don't know how that's going to flesh out, but a wise preacher king is saying these things. The second thing to say is is the kind of is the word meaninglessness in uh in the NRV translation. And in different translations, it's translated differently. It's translated as vapor or vanity. Um, the word and um, the word hevel used elsewhere in the Old Testament means breath or breeze, a kind of mist or a vapor. And I think as you go down to chapter two, verse 11, or even chapter one, verse 14, we kind of see that description. It says meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So that kind of just helps to explain the meaningless. So it's not that things actually have no purpose but they're, they're insubstantial, like like the steam on your cup of tea. Um, it's things are fleeting. They're like a breath. That's the yeah. kind of um, the depth of meaning that he's kind of coming across with the word meaninglessness. Yeah, that is really helpful because I think meaningless could suggest, oh, well, that why are we even talking about it? It's totally meaningless, and it's not yeah. that, is it? Because the whole book is about that. So that would be that doesn't quite work. So it is insubstantial, fleeting. Like I had heard someone talk about it as bubbles. Like the mm. bubbles that you can't quite catch, but you definitely see them. They're definitely there. Yeah. You can't you can't sort of keep a hold of them. Yeah. Then the last thing um, is the kind of phrase under the sun. And I think uh, from what we've been reading and what we kind of understand, um, it's, it's this period of time now, living in life now, um, everyone's experience under the sun. It's not that believers have a different experience of living in this world. We all have the same experience. Yeah, so we live under the sun today, glory, eternity, tomorrow. Under the sun is our experience of life now. 
if that made sense. Yeah, and I think that's really helpful in the sense that 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 is the same experience. That is the same reality, whether you're a believer or not a believer, because it's under the sun, isn't it? Like this life that we live. Yeah. That your perspective on that will be different according to what you think about God. But we still experience the same realities of brokenness and joys and everything in between as the book will kind of help us see. So, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the kind of main things we want to kind of just headline with. Let's get into the poetry of this section, though, Felicity. What a a start. Tell us what's thrilled your heart about reading this poetry at the beginning. What fills my heart about poetry? I mean, <laughs> I know, big question. Keep it brief. But I think t- in terms of questions, I think, so verse three is the kind of key question here. So what do people gain from all their labours at which they toil under the sun? That is the kind of overriding question. That is essentially the book question of the book. Mm-hmm. But actually here we have it. This is the question. What is the point of all this toil right here, right now? And I think verses four to 11 essentially answer the question. Mm-hmm. And the answer, if you were to summarize it, is is not is nothing. Yes. Like, <laughs> like what he's describing here, poetically, beautifully, with poignancy, is that there is nothing new under the sun, that that there things come and things go. And that's true of the sea and the sun and the sand. And it's also true of humanity through life and death as well. So we see that. Verse five, you've got the sun rises and the sun sets and it hurries back to where it rises. Isn't that such a beautiful way of mm. putting that? You've got the cycle of the sun. And then as you go to further down, it, it picks up on other other cycles of, of a similar nature. Mm. I love that. I love the language. It's The language is cyclical as well, isn't it? And the way that he does it round and round, the wind goes and the rivers return again. And mm. I love that the, the kind of human um things in verse uh, where is it in verse eight and nine the eyes the ears um even s- speaking somewhere um that's kind of it it mirrors what happens in creation doesn't it like yeah. if creation does this if creation operates on these rhythms of life that come and go and go around again why would we think that we do any different in that like we're made as limited creatures in the, with the same rhythms of life and that is a really good thing to realize. Like that, that w- this cycle that is true of creation, that is true of humanity, that is life. And that mm. doesn't mean that it's all totally meaningless. Like that doesn't mean that there's no point to it. It just, it's just a, this is how it is. And I think a big part of this opening to the book is see how life is. And there mm. is nothing new under the sun. And that is not a kind of like, oh, throw it all in. That's it. It's all over. It's actually, there's nothing new under the sun. So don't expect to break the cycle. Don't expect to be the one, verse 11, who is remembered by Mm -hmm. former generations, because that is not how life works. And I think there's a sort of, it's like a bit of a kind of a jolt of reality, isn't it? But I think that is also just reassuring because it explains it. That's so true, isn't it? If you Mm. find a gravestone, for someone 50 years ago, you can barely read the name. Yeah. And that's that's life. That's how it is. Yeah. It's it's very sobering though, isn't it? Like it that verse eleven kind of just like stops you in your tracks, doesn't it? Because I think I think you get to the kind of cycle of, you know, the the cyclical nature of the poetry and you read it and it's kind of 
I, re- I really enjoyed reading it just then. And then suddenly it's like, well, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> full stop. Death. That and yeah. accepting death is his kind of first lesson in learning how to live. Yeah. Like he starts in this way because this kind of almost kind of creates the tenor for the kind of the note for what the book is going to be centered on, isn't it? But actually, if you accept this, this humbling reality that we are just but a breath um, and life goes around and comes around at, you know, actually, yeah, that, that sets a perspective for listening to the rest of the wisdom in the book. Yes. It's, and that is right. That is so right that that is the starting point for how we then think about life as a whole. And just to bring it back to the fact that it is poetry, he didn't have to write it so mm. beautifully. Like The fact that we have this basically a mini poem here captures the beauty of the fleeting life. So yes. you could it, it, he could have just summarized it like you're going to die full stop. Yes, and with that, that you're just kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think I think the fact that we have the beauty of the poetry suggests, like, helps us to begin to see that there is going to be something in this life that is being described here. It's not mm. just a full stop and it's over. There is more to it. It's not going to be breaking these cycles. You're not going to be remembered beyond, you know, this generation or whatever. But there is something more to, to what it is to live this life. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think, yeah, as we kind of drive this to our hearts as well, I think there's something refreshing about kind of acknowledging the limits, acknowledging life's repetitiveness, acknowledging the cycles and the rhythms. Because I think I've, I'm always very tempted to battle against that um, and pretend that life's not like that and try and do something out of the ordinary or try and just break through of those rhythms. I've got to clean again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the cleaning tip that means I don't have to do it again? That's I so know. true, isn't it? Or how can I just, do... yeah. But that is just part of the rhythms of life, isn't it? And I think as you start, I think this is kind of a freeing thing to just kind of see myself in the bigger rhythm of life, that the circle of life, the cycle of life, um, why would I think I'm any different? Why would I think that our life will will kind of not have those rhythms? Um, and that I think that's it's been a reminder of our, my limitation, but also my creatureliness, and that's a good thing, mm. isn't it? I think that is exactly it. In the our created rather than the creator, and in that recognizing that we can then have a greater level of contentment, maybe satisfaction even oh it feels like you're you're bringing in the spoilers already getting We're there not too there quick yet. too quick I feel, yeah I feel like you don't want to get there too quickly because I think what this does as an introduction it makes you sit uncomfortably with the idea of death and eternity doesn't it mm. and that life is going to your life will end and probably no one will remember you at some point you know like great 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 grandchildren down the line um, and I think, yeah, I, I see your, I see it kind of, you're wanting to go to the contentment level, but I think you just do need to sit in this and kind of, to use our phrase from last week, marinate in this and just pray through this. Actually, Lord, am I, am I content with this truth? Am I content with this reality? And can I let this kind of shape my heart this week? Mm, That's so true. I was speeding on ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
just need to sit here, be sobered by what we read here. I think you're right. That allowing that to apply to our hearts, allowing that to like praying that in and saying, Lord, show me where I don't believe this to be true. Yes. Yeah. Whilst also acknowledging the fact that we are wanting to work out in this series how we're going to see Jesus and what does gospel hope do to this wisdom. And we don't really know what to do with that right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're hoping to work it out as we talk. Is that fair? I think that's a fair, (laughs) fair picture. But we do have gospel hope. But again, I think sometimes you can skip to that too quickly almost without just sitting in the literature that is right in front of us. Um, I don't know. No, I think that's right. Because the danger is you get there too quickly and you sort of flatten it out. And then what's the Mm. point (laughs) in reading all of this? Like there's something that's happening as we sit in this and hear what is being said right here, right now. And shall I pray that we would be able to do that? Please do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Father, we thank you for this word, that these are right words and true words and they're what we need to hear. And we pray that you'd give us soft hearts to them. Please, would you open our eyes to see lives, our life, as it is described here. Help us to see where we're pretending that it's not like this. And we pray that you'd help us to to grasp this reality and to trust that what you're saying is right. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Felicity. What a joy. I am really excited and also quite daunted. uh, (laughs) It's good to be chatting about it. It's definitely wrestling, but chatting through wrestling. No, wrestling through chatting, something like that. Yes, something like that. On that note, in our show notes, you'll find a link to questions uh, that you can chat through with someone else over a cup of tea. Do make the most of those. Um, We hope they're helpful just to kind of further the conversation. We know it. 20 minutes is just the starter of what we do in our episodes. Um, So you'll find all the links to that in our show notes and on our website as well. And we look forward to catching you next time for the next part of chapter one and into chapter two. We'll see you then. See you then. Bye bye. This season is sponsored by tenofthose.com. 